When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gouda's podcast. My name's Lewis. Um, I feel like I ain't been on a podcast for a while, actually. Um, you know, times times are times are bad, times are hard. But you know what? We just won six 0 yesterday, lads. So I'll take a boy. I'll take her in. I don't care about six 0 I want to. I want Arab money. I want these Qataris to come to my club and save us. Like, like I am literally, I'm like a little fop who's going out to Dubai. Come on, please, baby, show me the Perkin, please. Human rights, human rights. What, what's, what's human rights? Gives a crap about what's human rights? <laughs> I'll turn a blind eye. I can't lie to you. Uh, obviously, we've got Dr. Lee. How you doing, ma'am? Man, I mean, even though we won 6 0 yesterday, I'm still a bit downtrodden about the team. But when I woke up this morning and saw man like Katari man tweeting about us, I got a bit excited. I can't like yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pissed my pants like a little like a little girl this morning when I saw that. Uh, <laughs> Sean, how you doing, man? Looking good, man. Fucking hell, that high top is. Uh... Yeah, looking, yeah, my head's looking uh, like uh, Nuno Tavares, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not as bad as him, but yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah, no, just taking my hair out, so yeah, I'm good. Uh, and we got German Dan as well. Yeah, what what country to... are we in today, German Dan? I'm in the UK, mate. Oh, oh, how disappointing! <laughs> no Monaco GP today. Nope, no. season done. Sad times, man. Oh, season done. Yeah, season season seven Formula E is done, so I'm not oh, traveling okay. around at the moment. Okay, all right, cool. Um, as usual, guys, look out. Oh, we just to start with, um, we obviously had our live show on um on Sunday. Commiserations about the result, obviously a bit disappointing about that, but big up everyone who came through. Um, it was it was a great day, great evening. Um, lots of fun. somehow we managed to, even though we lost to Chelsea, somehow we managed to do one over the Chelsea hour boys. So I'm particularly proud of that. Um, you know, 
me, Shabs, Dan, we all held it down. Lee in the crowd as well. We held it down. We couldn't let them mugs get the best of us. So, um, you know, big up us. Big up us. And big up everyone who came through. Um, if you missed this one, no problem. You know, we're going to have lots of live shows coming up um, where it'll be similar settings. You know, we'll show a game. Then we'll do our post-match analysis and stuff like that. It's, it's all good fun. You know, there's drinks flying, you know. Not quite pub atmosphere, but, you know, it's a it's a, a chance to, you know, have a go at some of the people that, you know, you disagree with, have some laughs, you know, just get involved, really, and and, and watch a game together as a community. It's, it, it is good fun. It is good fun. So next time something is available, obviously, um, make sure to buy your tickets. And I hope to see as many of you there as, as possible. Um, obviously, Patreon, we released the, um, uh, the Chelsea post-match on Monday. So um, if you want a bit more comprehensive analysis on the Chelsea game, uh, we will cover it a bit of it today. But um, if you want uh, a bit more comprehensive analysis of it, go to our Patreon. You can see the post-match um, instant match reaction on, on there as well. So um, if you uh, aren't signed up to the Patreon, you can uh, find a link in the bio on our Twitter, all, the, all these things, and, and you can sign up to the Patreon as well. All right, guys, let's start with... Um, Let's start with last night. Let's start with last night, and then we'll make our way into the Sunday. Um, so, yesterday, obviously, we played quite a strong lineup. Um, I, I didn't expect anything less, really. I think after you've had two defeats, um, haven't scored a goal, um, you know, word got round that, you know, West Brom were going to play a very youthful team. Um, I think it was just a chance for everyone just to get a bit of confidence you know, fill their fill their boots essentially. Um, Sean, I'll start with you first. Um, is there anything to take away from yesterday's performance uh, in terms of like individuals or the way we're playing, or was it just sort of like, come on, man, we're playing West Brom under twenty threes? Yeah, not for me. I put on a, I put up a tweet saying Arteta's an Agbaya. That is obviously using you know he's using big boys to flog gear nines. Um, but no, um, generally, uh, obviously, he wanted to get to, uh, minutes into guys like Aubameyang, who hadn't obviously played really this season. Um, so, you know, I think it was it was a good exercise for him, good for him to get his confidence back up. But, you know, when you look at it, um, as we said, West Brom played a, a very youthful side. They changed the approach a lot as well. I mean, they played a very, very high line, <laughs> you know, and for the first 15 minutes, we struggled. We struggled to get out, but you always thought the moment we scored, um, they would, they would, sorry, apologies. There's a guy sawing a tree um, outside my, <laughs> very close to my house. So if you hear that, that's, that's what, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, no, so they, they had a very youthful approach. Um, they pressed very high, but you always felt once we could bypass that initial wave of press, we would get through them. And, and that proved to be the case. Once we got that first goal, you know, that their confidence wilted and it became very, very easy to play through them. Um, you know, I, I don't think we learned anything new, particularly, like I said, it was just good to get minutes into Oba's legs, Odegaard's legs, Saka's legs. Um, so, you know, players were looking, um, we're going to be very important for the bulk of this season. I was, you know, not happy to see guys like El Nenny, Kalasinac playing. Do you know what I mean? So we were hoping they'd be pushed closer to the exit door, but um, alas, it seems it's not. They're not as close to leaving as you know we initially anticipated. So, but overall, you know, like um, good to get some minutes in the legs. Good to win. Um, <laughs> I don't think it really makes a difference for what we're due to expect against Man City this weekend. So um, I'm just, you know, he, he's, he's already on borrowed time. But I think 
you know, everyone's waiting until after the international break when party's there, when when all the others are fully up and running as well, and that's when it'll be judged heavily, heavily. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, obviously, to see um, people like Kalasnach playing who... It, it seems like, you know, going based off like Twitter rumours and stuff like that, it seemed like, you know, he, he he's about to sign for Fenerbahce. You know, we've seen Neni heavily linked to Besiktas, you know. Um, Jesus, man, these are players starting for us and they're being linked to, you know, Turkish clubs. It's it's insane. Um, Dan, is is it a concern in that maybe these guys started and, you know, may, maybe we're not as close to getting these guys out of the, out the door as as maybe we, we should be? I'm not sure, you know. Um kinda I kinda I kinda don't want to believe any of the rumors um about them leaving and not because I don't want them to leave just because of last year and what happened with Kalasanaj who was basically confirmed from a few journalists Fabrizio Romano for example saying he's already gone here we go 11 million and he didn't go anywhere you know um and I think Aaron was pretty close as well to leaving so it's like I'll just wait till the window's done and see what 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 business has been done because it's very difficult for me to ascertain if they're actually going to be leaving. And as you said, them playing is kind of an indication that maybe they're not leaving. Um, you know, Kolasinic didn't play as a left-back last night, played as a centre-back. Um, we know we know um, Arteta likes the left-footed um, centre-back on the left side. Um, there's some rumours that we might be looking at three at the back because it also suits Ben White really well. Um, I could very much imagine three at the back and Kolasinic being one of the left centre-backs. So... Maybe they're not quite getting rid of him yet. Um, I'll wait to the end of the window, to be honest. I'm not sure. Mm, 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 mm. Um, and uh, Dr. Lee, I think you're back anyway. Um, yep, yeah, cool. You are back. Um, Dr. Lee, um, just how important was it to um, for Aubameyang to, to get some goals yesterday after obviously no goals in pre-season? You know, he's been down in the dumps for the best part of it a, a year now. Um, you know, I can't remember the last time we saw... Abamyang actually dunk on an opposition. Um, feels like maybe the FA Cup final. Um, I might I might be wrong about that, but it does feel like quite a long time. Um, how important is it for Abamyang to get some goals, albeit against like a very youthful West Brom side? They all count, man. They all count, and I feel like it's really important for a striker to score goals anyway. Um, uh, him more than anyone is a is a confidence player. Um, and I feel like he's looked really down on confidence. Um, I mean, he looked really like on it when he came on against Chelsea. He looked really up for it, which is good. Um, and I think he continued in that same vein today, which which is good, and it shows like he's sort of not giving up and he's up for the fight, which I think is um, a really positive showing. But I think it's really important he got them goals. It's good for his confidence. Um, and yeah, uh, I think it's good for the team as well that we just scored a few goals because mm. we haven't looked like scoring in the last two games. So, no. um, yeah, no, it's, it, it, even if it was against yeah, uh, an under-23 League One team or whatever, or championship team, um, mm. it, they all count, do you know what I mean? And obviously I need him to stat pad because obviously when Lukaku's got, what, 20 goals all context season I'm, I need over to get like 23, 24 so f- 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 we're on we're on course for 30, 30 all comps mate we're all comps. Course. say no more <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we, we get uh, like a you know a really easy League Cup draw and Oba can stat pad about 10 in the League Cup that, that would be nice we've got AFC Wimbledon next round AFC, yeah, 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 that, that 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 I want, starting. I want to see over starting. I want to see over starting. I want to see starting. This is the thing, though. I mean, we can laugh and joke about it, but 
the League Cup probably represents our best chance of winning a trophy this season. Maybe even our best chance of actually getting into Europe. We do, you do still get into Europe by winning the League Cup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're opening. Fucking hell! How but, but, fucking far, how far have we fallen? I know we would start in like June in the second qualifying round against fucking a team from San Marino, but f it. But but you know the problem with this City win this competition every year. That's so true. Yeah, you have to That's try and beat true. them in the finals. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, we've already beaten them in the semi-finals of the cup competition, so. Who knows? I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Um, I, I just want to talk about some individual performances from the night, actually. Um, uh, first of all, I want to start with uh, Aaron Ramsdale, who, um, listen, it's no secret of the pods, and it's probably no secret of the Arsenal community in general, actually. A lot of people are very much down on this signing, myself included. Um, but yesterday was a good debut for him, I thought. There was one hairy moment, obviously, where Chambers, after about five minutes, has really tried to ruin this guy's Arsenal career after five minutes. Can you imagine if we had conceded like that after five minutes? Callum Chambers is a fucking bastard. How? Nah, you can't do that to someone on their debut, man. Especially after all the, 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 the criticism he has got. Like, he must be, you know really anxious about making his Arsenal debut and you've sold him short like that with a back pass. Oh, God. Luckily, we escaped it. And I thought we had, like, a fairly solid game. He made some decent saves. Kicking looked good. You know, some nice passes. Uh, there was one to Erdegaard, I think it was, that he sprayed quite low across the floor. Um, looked, looked decent. Um, obviously, again, we have to factor in opposition. But I think that's less of a problem for, for goalkeepers because... You know, you're still you're still face, facing people who can, you know, you're still saving shots. Just, you know, you're still passing the ball around and stuff like that. But um, yeah, just uh, general thoughts on on Ramsdale, guys. Uh, Sean, I come to you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I think <laughs> some of our fans do they go a bit overboard after one game. I don't think he had. Um, I thought I thought it was it was standard. Like I said, like you said, you know, Chambers tried to sell him short, which would have been unfair on him um, in the opening minutes. Uh, yeah, that pass to Odegaard was decent. Um, I think they did say it. he does kick very very long. He's got a massive kick on him, um, and you know he seemed to come and collect well when he needed to. Made a couple of you know as you'd expect decent um, saves to make. So I'm not reading too much into him. I am still quite skeptical, but. You know, at the end of the day, like I'm skeptical based on what I've seen. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I, I woke up one day and decided to, you know, be down on the guy. Like it's based on what I've seen at Sheffield United and Bournemouth. But at the same time, I'm open to being wrong. If I'm wrong, great. Like, do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we want him to be good. We want him to be good for Arsenal. So um I'm not gonna read too much into this, but um, you know, twenty three, there's still time for him to be moulded. Um so, so let's so let's see. Um but yeah, it was it was a decent enough showing from him yesterday. Mm. Uh, German Dan, any 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 further thoughts on Ramsdale? I think I think I can agree largely with what Sean said. Um, same same as you guys. Bit, I was a bit down on the signing, um, basically because for even less than what we played for um, Ramsdale, we could have got Onana really. So, um, and I think that's a player that's really 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 good with his feet. Um, but Ramsdale displayed some good kicking last night. I think his long long kick is very very accurate. And then um, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised when he one or two passes on the ground. Um, I wouldn't read too much into the performance last night, um, to be honest, because even with the ball, like his kicking looked good, um, but there was a lot of time on the ball. You know, um, 
Bournemouth and not Bournemouth and West Brom tried to um, press us a little bit in the first five minutes, which led to some of the mistakes Holding and Chambers made in particular. But apart from that, they weren't really pressing. They played a high line, so it was it was a straightforward and easy game for us, given our quality as well. I mean, some of the players we're down on are still international players, like someone like is, is an international footballer, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was easy pickings in the end, um, and I think um, I think he looked assured that that was a good thing. Um, because even though it was a is an easy game, like someone like Almunia could have could have looked crazy last night, you know. Mm. You can still look crazy as a goalkeeper. So he looked assured, and that was a positive for me for sure. The rest mm. I wouldn't read too much into. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Dr. Lee, what about yourself? I think I think Dr. Lee's uh he'll be back. He'll be back, he'll be back. Okay, cool. Um I'll I'll come back to Dr. Lee about Ramsdale because I'm actually am, um interested to hear what well, he has. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. So no, cool. Ramsdale. <laughs> so Ramsdale. Um, you know what? <laughs> he he wasn't tested that much. So if Ramsdale's not tested that much, we, we haven't seen anything yet because with a goalkeeper. It's the absence of that bozo fucking gene that, that we're really looking for. Goalkeepers can do 80%, 90% of the stuff right. But if you do 10, 20% of the stuff wrong and make big errors, that's that's where you're really judged as a goalkeeper. So don't get me wrong. He looked decent. He made some decent saves. Um, he, he came off his line a few times and claimed the ball. Um, so those are the things that you want to see. But I need to see him when... Use him over a longer period and see the absence of mistakes. That's the most important thing. Um, <clears throat> I'm not really adept at judging goalkeepers like someone like Lewis, for example. So I, I don't know. Sure well, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know how to judge his feet or his positioning or how quickly he moves his feet and all that type of stuff. But um, for me, yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a competent game, so I can't, can't complain. Uh, would would um see? I'm in the camp where I'm I'm sort of like, <clears throat> if we've spent the money on this guy, let's just play him. Um, if he's going to be the number one, let's just play him. Let's see what he's about. So mm. I'm kind of for him. Just chuck him in against Man City. I'm not happy with Leno at the moment. I think Leno is playing at a level that is detrimental to the team. Um, I'm not too sure if he's fully here mentally. Um, I thought he was okay against Chelsea, but I think that's like a big game, you know? Um, I would, if we've spent the money on Ramsdale, we spent, what, 30 million, whatever it is on him. I would just be like, cool. You're our number one. Let's let's move with you. Let's get you involved straight away, and um, let's put our cards on the table. Essentially, um, how do you guys feel about um, you know potentially going with Ramsdale against City? Do you think it should still be Leno? Do you think Leno still deserves his place in the side, or do you think we should, you know, switch into the guard? Let's 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 go with Ramsdale. I, I would go with Leno because okay. he's going to get packed in either way. Yeah. Um, he's got to play his political. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's going to get packed anyway against City, and then I would actually switch them when the easy run comes, and I'll go Ramsdale for when the easy run starts. Okay. I, I think obviously we've you know thirty million is a lot to spend on a goalkeeper. So obviously we bought him with the idea that he's going to be long term number one in it. So um, so whether that's immediately or whether he, he's phased in over the course of the season. So yeah, I probably agree with Lee. I'd go with Leno against City, and then you know you there's not really any better time to start introducing him um Ramsdale like as, as soon as after the international break so you know once party's back white is back uh Gabriel is back so once you have like I'm assuming what's our first game after the international break it's Norwich at home right so like that, yeah. um 
and I'm assuming obviously they said parties back in uh, will be back in training by the end by pretty much now Gabriel's already back in training white will have recovered from covid so Odegaard. so pretty much you're looking after the international break we should have the fully first team fit available so yeah maybe that Norwich game is probably the best time to introduce him and start him given this first Premier League start I'll run after the city game is Norwich Burnley AFC Wimbledon Spurs Brighton Palace Villa Leicester Watford so yeah, all winnable it's... games, really. Yeah, so it. yeah, that yeah. that that would be obviously the period where Arteta is going to start being judged very, very heavily. So, and especially with all the bodies back, really and truthfully, he needs to go on like a, like a 10, 11, 12 game unbeaten run, really, mm. if he wants to, you know, avoid, keep job, yeah. Um, um, yeah, keep his job and you know alleviate all of that sort of pressure. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So someone else I wanted to talk about making their. Um... Well, can't call it an official debut, but it's like a, a debut again was Martin Erdegaard. Um, his debut as a permanent sign. Obviously, we saw a lot of Erdegaard last season. Some of us are really hot on him. Some of us, not so hot on him. But I thought yesterday he was fantastic. Um, I was just kind of looking at his sofa score rating and we know we can't fucking judge with sofa score. It's just ridiculous, you know. Um, he, he actually only got a rating of seven, but I thought he was really, really good yesterday. I think he may have been the best player on the pitch. Um, very classy, some really nice touches around the corner. The subtleties that I think we really missed against Brentford, you know, someone just to do something a little bit clever, you know, something a little bit intricate, take a nice touch here, bring that person into play. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed his performance yesterday, but I don't expect anything less in these kind of games. When we have the ball, that's never been my... Uh, criticism of Erdegaard is um, when we have the ball and we dominate possession, I think he's going to be probably quite good. I, I, I just concern, I'm just concerned about the games maybe um, where we don't have the ball and he, he can be a little bit passive, maybe hanging on the periphery of the game. And that's why I prefer someone like ESR. But that's not to say that we can't have both players in the team. And I expect that we will have both players in the team. And I'm quite, you know, I, I quite... I quite like the look of, you know, like an Erdegaard, ESR, Saka, Bamiyang front line. I think that's got some potential in it. I think it's got enough creativity. I think it's got enough goals in it. Um, but yeah, um, general thoughts on Erdegaard's performance, lads. What did you What did you think? I'll be really honest. I wasn't that impressed with him last night. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, I wasn't that impressed with him last night. And you know, I'm pretty hot on Erdegaard. Yeah. Um, I think for him, last night was a standard game. I don't think he got really out of his gear to to try many things that he could potentially do um but as he said he has yeah just the way he plays football um some of the subtleties that he adds some of the quality that he adds um the composure that he adds um does help us a lot so that that helped us um transition attacks better facilitate attacks better retain possession better etc uh, etc et but Generally, I, I didn't think it was a very, very strong performance. I thought it was a standard performance, to be honest. Um, I think I liked his pass to Saka on, on the break first time. There was a pass. Um, obviously, the back heel was, was quality. Mm. Um, there was a couple of times and I thought maybe he's just trying to play a bit easy today. Um, there were a few runs where I thought you can you can love the pass here. Um, you can try a bit, something a bit more difficult. Um, I liked the positions that he was taken up. But um, the midfield was very, very slow at finding him in, in the final third, which then um, resulted in, in him dropping deeper, then playing a few combinations to get the ball up the pitch. So that was good sort of um, sort of um, 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 in, uh, initiation from his side. 
Um, but the midfield needs to get the ball into him quicker, I think. And um, I, I always reference the West Ham game where he was basically stationed in around the final third uh, and Partey was finding him at will. And he was an, he's an absolute demon in the half space. I think that's one of his greatest qualities. His ball reception is just so good. Mm. Um, under pressure, the ball can be um, fizzed into him. His touch is quality. Um, one thing I did like about it last night, um, and I'm, I'm not done on Odegaard at all, I just thought it was a stand-up performance for him, you know. And um, one thing that I did like about it last night was um, I think some of the initial concerns about him where he's too focused on the right half space. Last night he was playing quite a lot on the left half space as well, mm. and he was able to create and he was able to link up with Saka on that side. And I think some of the some of the some of the talk was him and Saka on the same side on the right side didn't work that well. Saka didn't score. Um, is this a result of Udegaard playing there? I don't think it was, to be honest. And I always maintained that. And last night they played on the left side together and they combined pretty well and did well, you know. And Udegaard also managed to find Pepe on a few occasions. So I think he can create on both sides. Um, and he definitely gives us, gives us the added quality that we require and creativity that we require. And I'm excited to see ESR, Saka, Udegaard all being back together and actually playing with party and Lokonga at mm. some point that's what i'm really excited about mm. yeah get, got, get the semblance of a decent um a decent side there um sean uh what was your thoughts on on erdegaard any any uh you know you're, you're quite you're quite hot on erdegaard i know i know he's one of your boys so um is this is this something that you know we're gonna be looking to come for erdegaard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, I said I want Madison over my man, but but I do, I do I do like him. I do like him. I've, I was the one saying that I need to see output from him um, this season, basically. But yeah, oh, wait, I, are I, you in my camp as well? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, I get confused. I, 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 I get confused yeah. with who's it, in it, whose camp. Me and Leroy and Lee on the other camp. Okay it's, okay, it's me, you, okay. and Nigerian Dan that are in the camp of he needs to produce. Yeah, he needs to put up. Okay, cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's German Dan and all them man who say it's all right. He can get zero goals, zero assists, and that's fine. It's fine as long as he as long as he's dripping, it's all right. <laughs> all right cool. but, no, no, no. But 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 in in all seriousness, um, I I don't know, actually. I I like the play as as a as a thing. I think you know him and you know when we talk about comparing him with ESR, I think they dovetail well because they both do stuff that the other doesn't. Do you know what I mean? So um, ESR is someone who likes to drift wide. Odegaard isn't really someone who drifts wide. He likes to stay, you know, more central within the half spaces and, you know, like to thread through balls in behind. And he's more of a final ball, final action sort of guy. Whereas ESR is a bit more bombastic, dynamic in terms of he drifts to the wings to combine, creates overloads and runs in behind. So they both create through different means, which is why I think they can both, you know, coexist within the same setup. And I think, you know, if you think back to Dell's a game, um, it was in like Feb. It was the game where we beat Leeds 4-2 and we saw a lot of good combinations that day, you know, with ESR, Odegaard and Saka. They all linked up really, really well. Um, so I do feel like that is the actual blueprint we're going to try. Um, you know, half space, but also looking to, you know, ESR and Saka will also move in behind at times to stretch and help pop Amiang as well. So I feel like there is, there is as, as Dan says, there's the makings of a, of a good setup there. I don't think we got to see it enough as much as we would have liked. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there's goal scoring potential um, with certain individuals as well. So yeah, it, it just needs to be developed. Um, yeah, and I just need to see more from Odegaard. But um, yesterday, I think it was just more about getting him minutes in his legs because he's another one that hasn't played that much as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Lee's had to go. Um, you know, I, I did mention the Odegaard zero goal, zero assist thing and he, he didn't want to, you know, face the point. So 
unlucky you know it gets like that sometimes you are nasty man yeah i'm very nasty very nasty very nasty <laughs> um I, I just wanted to ask a question though about um you know just talking about this whole esr odegaard kind of thing um we've seen esr start the season quite well uh from the central position um he's probably he's been our best player i think by a country mile um i think it's fair to say does bringing odegaard in now kind of like is that going to have any impact on ESR's performance as well? Like sh- shunting him out wide. Is that is this is this a bad idea? Should we be focusing on ESR as our as our central ten? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, we've seen these guys play well together, like mm. really well together. Um, I mean, we've got about a handful of games that we can look back last year and say we, we might have played good for thirty minutes, mm. um, and it was thirty minutes time- FC. Yeah, <laughs> it was every time those two were together on the pitch with Saka. So I think that's our best, best um, sort of combination of players um, uh, in the offensive third alongside on Aubameyang. So I think I think ESR honestly, I, I see a lot of in um, in ESR, I see a lot of um, like a dynamic sort of forward that can create but also can score. As I actually think that ESR scoring potential might be higher than his assist potential. Mm. I think he could be that a couple, I think he could develop into that kind of player. And that's just I think he shoots well off both feet. He hasn't even had that many shots yet in the in the, in the, in the Arsenal first team where he scored a couple goals. Granted he's getting assists, but um I do really think he can be he can be a, a proper scorer, like you know, like scoring and assisting. And um yeah not, not to say Grealish but like do you know that type of player who gets both but it's like very potent on both. Whereas I think Odegaard is not potent on the goals. I think he's potent on cr- providing, creating. And um, Saka, again, I think is potent on both. So I like the mix. I don't think they're getting each other's way too much. They combine really well. Um, yeah, and that's Shionta. They complement each other in some ways. Like some stuff that ESR doesn't do, Odegaard does. Some stuff that Odegaard doesn't do, ESR does and Saka. Mm. So mm. I think it's good. They just need to grow together and... Yeah, I mean, we what we can hope for is for ESR and Saka to really explode the season. Um, I mean, Saka has shown a lot of not glimpses, like a lot of periods last season where it was like, yo, when he posted that pick, it's, it's like you fans deserve better. That's when he really went into into sicko mode, you know. But mm. he he he's shown that he can reach high levels and and maintain them as well. If we can get Udegaard and ESL to those levels and maintain as well, if they're all three playing at similar levels, we should be okay. And a lot of fans said Aubameyang is done. I know it was just West Brom. I do not think this guy is done at all. I don't think he's mm. done at all. Brave shout, Dan. Brave shout, brave yeah. shout. No, I, I, I was, yeah, I was going to add to that. I know like we haven't seen them do it yet. But when I see ESR and Saka, I see numbers in both of them. I re- I actually really, really do. like Think about Saka, how often we said like last season his finishing was poor, how many promising goal-scoring positions he got himself into. He scored six, but he could have easily already been in double figures. Um, and it was promising yesterday, like you saw, you know, that third man run. He carried the ball, did a one-two with Odegaard, followed it up, um, took it in on off his weaker right foot. So that is promising for me. And, um, you know, as, as Dan mentioned, with ESR as well, like, there's no reason for him not to score. He actually has really good shooting technique off either foot. Um, he's gone close a couple of times already this season. So I feel like it's just one of those. Once he gets one or two, um, the confidence will start flowing for them. So, yeah, for, for me, I feel like 
the bones of the team is starting to 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 be made and I feel like you know that iteration of ESR Odegaard and Saka is exactly what Oba needs um you know if we're trying to recreate especially I think Dan will probably speak about it more but you know how Oba thrived at Dortmund with like Royce, Mickey, Dembele behind him those sort of high touch creative players who you know allowed Oba to focus in on you know his movement in and around the final third so I feel like we're we're, we're that is the bones of you know the side I think Arteta is trying to create and hopefully you know we start to see more from it in the coming weeks no no 100 100%, 100%. um just before we move on to um the the Chelsea game um uh, just an, another performance I wanted to speak about was you know um we were discussing in the group chat today um is Tavares good or is he shit I can't work it out and I think we're kind of like not divided per se. I don't think anyone thinks he's like amazing or anything like that. But we know, you know, we've had some opinions that said, no, he's 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 really awful. I think Dr. Lee, uh, Dr. Lee's gone. Um, I would have liked him to, you know, just expand on it a little bit more. But um, he he he's not a big fan, uh, putting it mildly. Um, me, I can't quite work it out because I see him do some really good things, and I also see him do some really awful things um so yeah interesting to hear what you guys think um Tavares is he good or is he is he bad it's a funny one it's a funny one um so I think he has strengths but he also has a lot of weaknesses currently so my current assessment of him would be this guy is a bit crap um but he has some very unteachable things that are good about him so he has the pace, the power, um, long legs, tall. Um, he's he's probably even gonna he's gonna even get better physically potentially. So, and I really see why they they did the signing. Um, because um when I used to work um in football analytics, um one thing especially we were looking at was fullbacks and the profile of fullbacks, and um he's exactly the type of modern sort of fullback that a lot of clubs are looking for. Um, not because he's super technical and he's uh, at the top of his game or anything like that it's because he has the he has the he has the physical part he has the ability to do a lot of high quality sprints like you saw him yesterday he did a lot of sprints up and down and he can cover a lot of ground um and the um a lot of clubs are looking for this transitional ability like up and down up and down um doing it numerous times affecting the game offensively but also getting back in um defensively so he has that profile but he really lacks the technical quality um, in terms of his passing and receive as well. So I think his coordination at the moment needs a lot of work, but um, he has a good cross. So he's a really odd player in that regard. Like technically he's actually not that good, um, but then he has a very strong whip and cross. Um, I thought yesterday was really poor in particular in possession. Mm. Um, West Brom, as I said, didn't push us to, didn't press and push us too much. Um, he did take risks, but he was failing and executing very easy passes a lot of times. Um, had a lot, he had a lot of turnovers who were un, unforced. You know, if you turn over the ball, fine. Um, if it's forced, that can happen. Um, you know, but if it's unforced, that's always not the best sort of sign, especially in a game that was of low quality, really low pressure, low 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 intensity as well. So I think that is definitely something he needs to work on. I see some positives. Um, I think right now he's a bit crap, but I think this is a player that can definitely develop. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, discounting the development of players. You know, we've seen it 
on a few occasions that a player looked pretty crab and then next year they were pretty good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think at the moment he's pretty crab. He defensively reminded me a bit of um, Aaron Wambasaka, but um, mm. not as not as eager to tackle. Um, but he has the long legs and he's like reaching around with his legs, like, you know. Um, so I think he has potential. I think he has potential, but right now, I've seen a few fans go a bit overboard, in my opinion. Like, just relax this guy. If he plays against really good opposition, I think he will have a struck. He'll have a, he'll have, he'll have a, yeah, you have a difficult day. Um, um, let, let, let this guy develop, pick up some minutes here and there. But um, right now, I don't know what you think, Sean. Yeah, Sean, what, what side of the fence do you, do you sit on? Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I sort of agree. I just find him a bit erratic. I think there are, there's some good stuff he does. That um, man is going yeah. in with that sore boy. Yeah, I know. So, so sorry. Um, he has really, really good, um, <laughs> he has, he has really good athletic attributes. Um, which I think always lends itself to doing well in this league. But I just think he's essentially just very, very raw. Um, like Dan said, he was just doing a lot of unforced stuff, like slipping over uh, just various points, um, <laughs> turning over the ball un- unnecessarily. Um, so he's really well back at left back, isn't it? Yeah, like... he's, just, he's just really raw. Like He needs mm. a lot, a lot of work. But, but it doesn't look totally uncoachable. So, but yeah, um, in an ideal world, he's the sort of guy where... Um, he wouldn't be playing in the Prem, but like you'd have like the Europa and Cup games that he'd mm. be playing regularly to develop. And, and that's the sort of thing he needs. But I just don't know, obviously, how much game time he's going to get. I mean, maybe he might because we know what Tierney's like. Um, so, you know, um, but yeah, he just 50 looks... 50 games a season then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, he, he, he could get a lot of games. Um, yeah, yeah, I right, mean, look... Right at the moment, he, he's not at the level we need him to be put that way. Do you know who he yeah. reminds me of? Mm. You man played Tekken before. Um, Eddie Gordo. Yeah, a long time. Who? Eddie Gordo, like the guy that does like, like yeah, the, with the long limbs. And and shit. No. Capoeira yeah. does. <laughs> like you just reminds me of him, man. Because uh, okay, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What fair enough. He's only um he's only he's only 21, isn't he? Um, you know. Which you know is not is not he's not he's not eighteen or anything like that, but there's still time for him to be a bit more polished. Um, I think it's just a I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nail my flag to the mask on any opinion with this. Um, uh, I'm unconvinced. Um, and if uh, if he is gonna play all our games this season, then yeah, I don't think he is it. But I guess we'll see. All right, cool. Let's let's move on to. Um, Let's move on to the the Chelsea game on the weekend. Obviously, you guys did the the post match pod. I wasn't able to come on, but I did um, some stuff at the live show talking about the game. Obviously, just a deeply frustrating and disappointing day. Um, I don't think any of us expected, you know, to come away with anything other than a a defeat. But you know, were you were you guys expecting a, a better performance than we put up? Is that is that the most disappointing thing? Is it is it the fact that you know maybe we weren't as competitive as as we would have um, liked to have been? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to relitigate too much. Obviously, we've passed that game's like four or five days old now. But yeah, yeah. I think mostly for me, like it was just that 
we should have just done more. Do you know what I mean? Like, we made the gap seem as if, like, they're... I mean, obviously, they are a European champions, but we made it seem like a we're a relegation battle team. That's what it looked like, especially in that first half. And I just thought that was really, really disappointing. I don't think we, we, we you know, we tried to press, but the press wasn't coordinated enough. We left too many holes in between the lines. Obviously, I know Chelsea set, um, can direct you in different directions, but, you know, there was a straight entry pass into Lukaku which I thought was just abhorrent do you know what I mean because of where Xhaka normally positions himself on the pitch because of where Tini is in build-up that means Lokonga's left to you know and it's the same with party that centre mid partner for Xhaka is often left on an island in the middle of the pitch so he's got copious amounts of ground to cover which means you know and um, Chelsea play with a strict pivot of Jorginho and one of Kante or Kovacic um, and there was just straight in balls into um, Lukaku because you know at times we were trying to press but, you know, we were better off either sitting in, um, you know, more of a compact shape um, or, I mean, even if that's, you know, Arteta's maybe trying to change a new strategy this season and be more aggressive, be more pressing. We just need to lean into it and choose players who are actually built for that, you know, not guys like Marion Holden who can't defend space, who aren't good in duels, who aren't good athletically. So it's just, you know, he's trying to do one thing, but, you know, some of the personnel he's choosing is a real contradiction to that sort of style that he's supposedly trying to implement. So it's just quite frustrating generally as a whole. Um, so, you know, yeah, ho hopefully we get to see Gabriel and White soon. Um, but, you know, even someone like Chambers, who I don't even mind, but Chambers isn't a right back that's built to, you know, be aggressive and press. Like as much as frustrating as he is, the one that's built for it is mostly Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Mm. He's the one who's we've seen, you know, we've evidently seen he's padlocked. We, we saw him in the cup semi-final. He padlocked um, Mares. Long list. He's, yeah, padlocked Long Zaha list. before. So we've yeah, seen man. him. We've seen yeah, him. Man. He's very good in 1v1 situations. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, he's a very frustrating player because... He's very lele and sometimes technically he's he's too lax and he allows himself because he can do a lot of stuff sometimes he, he complacency always overtakes with him and i just think he doesn't take his football seriously enough which is a real shame because i felt like right back was the real place for him to try and make it his own but unfortunately i i, I don't really know what's going to happen with bainsley now but but yeah just generally um there are still a lot of holes in this team that need to be plugged um um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Arteta's had over 200 mil to spend now. Um, we, he's going to lose this weekend against City. But after the international break, um, the knives are going to be out if there's not successive wins on the bounce. You know, Norwich, Brighton, Burnley, Spurs. We have to beat all of those teams. There's, there's mm. literally no excuse. No one's going to be trying to hear any excuses. So um, yeah, for me, it was a disappointing day on the whole. Um, some of the tactics can definitely be called into question. Obviously, it's um, caveated partly by the fact that, you know, we were missing a lot of personnel too. But, you know, I feel like we could have just done better. And, you know, there are teams that are worse than Arsenal that will give Chelsea a closer game than we did on Sunday. And I think that's a bad indictment on us. Mm. Yeah, I, I think before the game, obviously, because I knew that, you know, I didn't, I, I don't think Ben White got pronounced out until... Before, just before kickoff, right? Or was that was it the day before? I can't actually remember what happened. Was it the day before? So he said he was going to miss, but I think there were a lot of rumors going already around that he had COVID. Right. Yeah. And so I, I looked at the team and I thought, you know, for me it was already a write-off. I couldn't see us get, getting anything whatsoever. And you know, I was kind of like, I, I, I'm still of the opinion that no matter what personnel we put out there, you know, I think we probably lose that game. Um, I think we probably do better with, you know, I think Gabriel deals with Lukaku a lot better than Pablo Mari. Like, we, nobody ever wants to see that ever again. You know, I don't want to see Pablo Mari in an Arsenal shirt 
ever again. Um, I'm yeah, I, I'm. Uh, you, you can't get ragdolled like that in the Premier League, and and I'm just yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you might have done some good things before, but that's me done with you, mate. <laughs> you can't. This is the Premier League, man. This is the Premier League. Sorry, not good enough. I don't even know if you're a, a Premier League level stat, um, centre back. Before I was kind of like, yeah, he's okay as a backup. But after watching what Lukaku did to him and, and how he started this season, yeah, not for me, mate. Um, I think we're going to be looking for another centre back soon, come, I reckon. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, Dan, just in terms of the players that we were missing, how much impact does does the emissions have on what Arteta is trying to do with this team and ha- how much impact would it have had on, on the game against Chelsea on, on Sunday? I mean, we've definitely missed like five, six, maybe even seven first teamers. So yeah. So no, no, let, um, no, um, no White. Gabriel, no Ben White, no, uh, yeah, Tini played, no Aubameyang, no Lacazette, no Partey, no Odegaard. So that's seven. I think I've named. Yes, I think, yeah. So that's 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 a lot. That's a lot of players that could have all they could have all started, you know. So I mean, the t- the side put of, put out could have been completely different. The problem for me in that in that game was um, I, t- I didn't put the or didn't create a platform for the players to perform to the best of their abilities or to create a platform for the players to actually compete. Our shape was wrong. Um, we were getting exposed. Our pressing was uncoordinated. And we were getting exposed, and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't um, counter those things. Um, even in the first half, he could have changed things and make you know, make make, make it a more even contest, in my opinion, tactically. And he didn't. Um, ultimately, two 0 was a flattering scoreline, um, all things considered. Um, I don't think Chelsea had had a real showed showed real killer instinct. We play like this against City. It's five six easy mm. five six. There was so many. There was so much space, so easy to get into um, our final third and even behind our back line. That um, we do, we play like this against City, we'll definitely get exposed. Um, so I'm guessing he probably will revert um, and um, change things and make it more tighter. Um, I think with the players that were out to answer your question, it could have been a different game for sure. I, I'm not quite as down on the. Saying I don't, I still think we'd have, we would have lost. I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, I think at home, um, with the better players being there, and the shape being better, um, even if we don't match their three four three, I think with the better players, we we probably have just that bit more ability to to make things happen. Um, but with the with with the second string, essentially, you need to match their shape at, at the very minimum. So I think that was naive from Matera. Um, Against City, I don't think we have much hope, even with those players being back. Um, at home against Chelsea, I think out of fancy, that's for a draw, or maybe even a lucky win. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to let's let's talk about the the, the upcoming game against City. Obviously, a midday kickoff. Um, I seem to remember us having a midday kickoff against City once before and getting absolutely battered. Um, am I right in thinking that? Yeah, we lost like six. Seven, I can't remember. Yeah, six three. Six out of sixty. Yeah, I, I think there was. Yeah, I think there was a, a really bad one that we had a midday kickoff, which is you know in under Arteta though the games have been a lot closer. I think it's been like um, well, I say closer. I mean it's been very one sided, um, but they've been closer in terms of the uh, scoreline, right? I think it's been mainly one nils, hasn't it? If, um, 
think a couple one nils. Uh, let me get the heads heads up. Yeah, they beat one us nil. One nil. They beat us one nil at the Etihad last season. And yeah, they beat us two nil at the Emirates. No, they beat us one nil at the Emirates. Oh, was it one nil at the Emirates as well? Oh. Mm. Uh, they beat us four one in the League Cup, obviously. Um, yeah, and obviously we beat them two nil in the FA Cup. Yeah, it's uh, oh, and then obviously there was that three nil. Um, where uh, Pablo Murray got got injured and yeah, knocking things over. Yeah, so yeah, I mean we don't have the greatest record of against Man City, and we've been on the end of a, a few drummings. Um, are there are there any players to come back in? So obviously we've got Abba back, we've got Lacazette back. Do we expect those two both to start against City? I'm not sure to be honest. I'm not sure. I think, I, I think just one. I think just one. I think I think likely Oba. Um and he was the one that was taken off. So you'd imagine he was taken off, you know, with, with a mind too. So I can see us going with Oba up top and then ESR Odegaard and Saka in behind him. ESR was rested completely. Um and as was Lakonga actually. So I think yeah, I think it'll be Jacques Lakonga, I think it'll be Saka on the right, ESR on the left and Odegaard just behind Oba. Um, and it will be, unless White has recovered from COVID, which I don't think he has, I think it will be Marion Holden again, um, which is Mary Holden and Chambers, which that is Lord have mercy. So Grealish is going to destroy Chambers down that left-hand side. Mari's on the other side of Sterling. Yeah, yeah. And should play in this game against Grealish. I, I, I really think Ainsley should play right back. I really, really do. Yeah, it can't be Cedric. Uh, again, uh, it, can't be, it, it can't be either Cedric or Chambers. And bearing in mind, Bellerin is... is non-existent now so yeah it has to for me it would 100% be Ainsley do you know what I think yeah and you guys know I hate Mari I hate holding I think they're both crap I think against City will be a bit easier because they don't have to deal with the news like a new physical presence yeah like Lukaku was he's bullying these boys whereas City don't have that element they'll hurt us differently they'll still hurt us but they won't have someone ragdolling them all over the pitch, I think. So um, they'll have it a bit easier. Um, but yeah, the quick movement is still going to do them anyway. But yeah. Is this a game that we bring Odegaard straight into? Um, so y- y- you said uh, Sambi, Xhaka, Odegaard, Isar, Saka, Aubameyang. Is that is that the the the, uh, the forward line that we should play? I can't lie. I'd be surprised given the minutes Pepe has played already. Yeah. Ahead in terms of match fitness and ahead of Udegaard, ahead of Saka even. I'd be surprised if he doesn't start. But you see, but I, I actually think that might be why he doesn't start as well. Like I felt like Arteta took off Odegaard after 60 minutes with the mind that he's probably going to start him at the weekend. Um, he just wanted to get some minutes in his legs. ESR wasn't played at all, so he's rested completely. So you'd imagine he'd start and Saka complete. So I think the only one... Okay, so I think ESR will start. I think Odegaard will start. Um, the question is, is it between Saka or, or Pepe? Or Pepe? Pepe. Mm. I think, you know, Saka was, he got the full 90 and I think he he needed the full 90, you know, because he, he's looked rusty. Um, he hasn't looked fully fit. So I think he needed that. Uh, Pepe's pretty much played 90 minutes in every game. So, uh, so far, so it's a case of, uh, do you still go with that or do you think Saka's now ready to, to start and play 90? So that would be the one. Who, who, would you, who do you guys think is the best fit? Because I think... We I've seen Pepe in big games and I think he struggles to have an impact on on big games and and in in matches where we're going to struggle to get him into the penalty box, I would be reluctant to to play him because he's going to have to do a lot of work on a halfway line. 
you know, a lot of work with a defender right up his ass. And I don't think that's where he's best. I think Saka is a much better link player, is a much better combination player. And I think um, for counter-attack situations where, you know, we're going to have to break forward with maybe two or three guys and, um, you know, put some combination moves together, I think he's probably uh, better suited for that. And he's less of a turnover merchant as well. So me personally, I think Saka should be the one to start against City. And, 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 and I think you're right. And I think that's exactly what will happen. You know what I mean, we're going to be under the cosh, not because we want to, but because obviously City are going to pam us into just defending very deep. So the few moments we do have to get out, the moves need to be good. Um, you know, and we already have Aubameyang, who's obviously not going to hold it up, who's just going to want to run in behind. So we can't afford another guy who's not going to, you know, keep the ball whilst we're trying to progress out. So we need as many pressure-resistant players who can get us out. Um, and so, yeah, I think for that very reason, Saka will carry the ball up the pitch a lot better. Basically, essentially, Pepe is only someone that I really want to see in the final third of the pitch. I don't want to really see him in the defensive third. So, um, so yeah, that is, it's an easy one for me. Saka starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think um, we're pre- we're pretty conclusive on the on the lineup that um, we think it should be. I mean, I, I guess there's maybe a small argument Lacazette should maybe start over Oba in terms of if we take, um, you know, if if yes they hadn't happened, um, you know, if yes they hadn't happened and Oba didn't fill his boots. Uh, let's not forget Lacazette also scored a really nice goal yesterday as well. Um, I think there may have been an argument to start Lacazette. Uh, simply because I feel like Lacazette is the more prior to yesterday was the more informed striker, if that makes sense. Um, I think he was the one that you know looked better, looked more in confidence, um, and I think maybe a bit more suited to you know what we actually need someone to actually make the ball stick. Um, I'm not too sure Bamyang is going to do that. Um, but, 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 but he's going to offer more of a goal threat on the shoulder. Yeah, and I was just about to say, you, you see for me on this one, this isn't really a game for, I don't really care about bringing anybody into play. Like, I feel like we should just be trying to go from back to front as quickly as possible. Um, and I think that's basically what, what we need Oba for. Like, cool, like Lacazette can help, you can drop deep, but I don't really, we don't need you to drop. Odegaard's there now, do you know mm. what I mean? I need someone breaking in behind. I need someone offering that threat immediately in behind. So push I, I just... Back a bit. Push It's yeah. not even the case them back even if like yeah they just need to know that once they're playing that high line there's always someone that's going to be looking to penetrate yeah. in that high line. and we've got and someone think, to penetrate as well and, and i remember that i remember a game last season at the at the etihad where they were playing leicester and that's all vardy did that's mm. literally all he did vardy just sat and just waited and you know leicester weren't trying to build they pretty much they were like listen we're not going to try and compete with you for possession you're better than us we're going to cede possession to you but we are going to be patient and wait and pick our moments carefully. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that's a hundred percent what we need to do. Just try and, and you know, Odegaard is there for that final action for that through ball as well. So I wouldn't be trying. So I don't, I don't see why we need like Lacazette to be trying to do a job that Odegaard couldn't be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it's just a case of, yep, sit deep, try and be co- as compact as possible. But the moments we get to break through ESR and Saka and Aubameyang, we need to take them. So and mm-hmm. we need to be, and we need that threat, do you know what I mean? Because for all of supposedly Lacazette dropping deep, he's called lack of threat for a reason because mm. he doesn't have that threat. He's not going to be in the box when we need him to be in the box. So, yeah, Aubameyang for me. I, yeah, I would yeah. have caveated it by saying um, if Lacazette were to play, I think maybe Pepe should play instead of Saka. So he maybe operates as more of the the the, the in-behind threat. But, yeah, I take your point. I think, um, I think that's a good strategy to have. You know, we go back to front as quick as possible and there's no one better in our team 
at getting in behind than um than Oba. Sorry, Dan, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say it's very important in that game where evidently City will have more possession than us. And they will be high up, they will be near the halfway line with their centre backs. So have that threat behind to push their centre backs further back. And when we do get the ball through ESR and Saka, have some space. Because if we don't have that threat behind, so what Lacazette does, yeah, he will drop deep, but he will he will put more pressure onto our midfield and make it more congested. And you know City have a better pressing um sort of um um, um automatism. Um, um, structure in us. So when 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 the ball's loose in that middle, when Lacazette receives it, unless it's a very good first hand pass, left foot and right foot into the channels, he'll have to touch it. Maybe take another touch and pass. By then, he'll probably already get. He's already getting pressed by Diaz. The ball will likely end up in the centre field, and then it'll be Jacques and Lacanga against City's front man and then midfield. And then, uh, so I think we will just set ourselves up for game pressing traps if we play that way. We need to stretch the pitch and, um, and and create that more space. So then the, the likes of Udegaard and Xhaka as well um, will have more time and space to then carry out their final pass. And we need a lot of long passes from Xhaka and Lukonga does it as well. Mm. We need a lot of long passes from them. So Aubameyang, given that threat and behind, will push back Diaz and Laporte. Um, that way, when the ball breaks down, Iasan Saka have more space to dribble. Mm. And as a result of that, when the ball breaks to Udegaard or Xhaka, they also have more time and space to then mm. pick a pass and into runners. So I think that I think it's very important that he plays and he plays through the middle, not on the mm. left. I think we can take a lot from um, if you if you look at the Tottenham blueprint that they did against uh, Man City, we can take a lot from it, right? So they had um, no matter what people say about someone like Jaffet Tanganga, I don't think he's a particularly great footballer, but we spoke about that one v one threat with Ainsley Maitland-Niles, right? Someone who is going to lock down that right hand side, yeah, he's gonna um, he's gonna he's gonna give them a, an individual battle. Um, I think that's very important. And then also when they transition, they've got players who are decisive. They've got people who are direct and they've got people who can play a killer pass as well. And they really hurt Man City several times on the break. It's not like, I don't think we should pretend like Man City are some invincible team. And obviously confidence is low for us right now. We're not a great team at all. But if someone like Spurs, you know, without Harry Kane, without some of their key players, were able to cause Man City problems and, um, you know, probably should have had a couple more in the end, actually. And they they really kept City at bay. I don't think City had too many big chances. The only thing I would say about Spurs is they their defensive organisation. And I think, who did they play at the back? That uh, Davison Sanchez, very powerful, um, had a really good game. And who played next to Sanchez in that game? Was it Dia? can't remember yeah, who played. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not like it's not like they're fantastic centre backs. Yeah. No. Um, so I think if you can be organised against Man City, but also represent a threat offensively, they're there to be beaten, um, or they're, they're there to be they're there to be attacked anyway. And I think one of my main concerns that Arteta has that against Man City is that in the one nil games, particularly. Um, I feel like we've been in the game, you know, like we've we've kind of like stifled them a bit, but we didn't offer enough going forward. We didn't we didn't put our foot down. We didn't, um, you know, really chase it. 
And obviously that is, a, I mean, that's a running theme through Arteta's managerial reign, isn't it? Is that we just do not know how to chase leads. We don't know how to, we don't know how to chase a game. So, I mean, I don't expect that to um, change here, but there's an opportunity here, man. I, I don't think Man City are, are fully firing at the moment. And it, it, now out of all time is the best player is the best time to play Man City, I think. If you're going to play and, them, get them done early doors. And, and, and you know, you, you made a good point there. One of the things that sometimes annoys me about Arteta is that he's always just trying to be too smart or too complex with certain situations. I've often seen last season, I saw so many teams with much less resources than Arsenal hurt City a lot more than Arsenal ever would. Just because I feel like, and this is what I said, you know, in terms of our game plan on Saturday, I just think it should be simple. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just try and strip it back down a bit. Um, not try and have so many different guys in different zones or or trying to fall into different pressing traps. We don't have that level of talent that we do. So you can accept that, but you can look to... There's always space in behind City. There's always space to attack certain zones um, in behind the full-back and the centre-back. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's really what we should be trying to target on, on Saturday rather than, you know... But knowing Arteta, he's probably going to try and conjure up something supposedly quite intelligent and it's just going to backfire. Yeah, yeah, uh, agreed. Um, just before we wrap things up, I just do want to talk about, you know, the final days of the window. Um, do we envisage any further incomings? I know we've been linked to, you know, a few moves here and there, but I mean, that's to be expected, right? There, it wouldn't be an Arsenal deadline day without us being linked to someone. Um, I'm not going to ask you guys, you know, who do you think we should sign? Because I think it's pretty evident that we need quality in multiple positions. But I think if we're being realistic, um, it's likely it's more likely we will sign nobody than than that we will sign you know two or three players or even one player in, in my mind. Anyway, um, I think there's a lot of work to do in the departures element before we actually uh, bring anyone in. But yeah, I just want to know whether you guys think it's likely whether we will sign someone you know there's a, a few interesting targets a while on loan i would i definitely wouldn't be saying no to that i think that'd be a, a, a great um a, a great option to have especially if willian if we do end up getting willian out of the club which you know would be you know fucking brilliant uh that's a victory in itself that's three points by itself and it which they should give us three points in the, in the league just for that by the way but um yeah uh just just keen to know whether you guys think we will actually uh bring anyone in over the next over the coming days i i, I don't see it to be fair i think if if we are to do it it's yeah like you said it's contingent on departures i think we're more likely to see a lot of departures maybe a couple perms but mostly loans by the end of the window um if we are to do one i think it would be right back but it's probably mm -hmm. contingent on um like getting rid of three of them yeah <laughs> essentially so or, or, or at least definitely two like two definitely. have to go two yeah. have to go for us to but sign, who's so. gonna go who's gonna go I better think, in maybe but that, i mean there's been no offer for him do you know what i mean so um and he's been desperate to go so um ainsley i thought that would have been sank but there's nothing um Cedric is the only one I'm not expecting anything for because we gave him a four-year contract and he's on big wages. Dumb, but um, so yeah, I, I I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, yeah, I think five days. A lot would have to happen very very quickly. Um, the only thing that's happened this week is that Torreira's gone and loaned to Fiorentina. Um, mm. The option to buy. I thought Kalasinac would have been close by now. William would have been close. Do you know what I mean? So I just think things are just dragging dragging i think we might we will see a couple out on deadline day um but yeah i, I feel i feel like this is it basically 
this mm. until next season. I, I mean, I did envisage this. I did think that, you know, it wasn't going to be easy to get rid of these guys. And I think what clubs would do... Be, I mean, look, signing Kolasinac and signing um, Bellerin, they're hardly going to be people's top priorities, you know? They're not going to be teams' top priorities, right? So they're signings that they could probably afford to do late in the window, right? Kolasinac to Fenner, clearly is a move to appease Ozil, right? I don't know what their left-back options are like, but he, he's probably going to be probably their starting left-back, right? So it's probably something that they can say, do you know what? We'll wait right until the end of the, the, the deadline where Arsenal are desperate and they just literally willing to give away players. And I think that's where most of our, our deals are going to happen. So maybe if we get, you know, four or five out, we can we 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 will see maybe someone come in. What do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, I think I think there will be a lot of activity in the last couple of days of the window. Um, this is what they um all been saying all summer that they expect the activity to pick up. Um, I think there could be um I think Enkete could be going. There's some interest in him, uh, as you said. There could be a late bid for him. And then Arsenal realizing that maybe 10 mil is actually right rather than the 20 million asking price. I mean, you should be already doing that, but um, yeah, Angel, he's on, he's only got what 12 months left on this deal, even less 10 months left on this deal. Um, I think that's, I think we just, I, I think we just handled the Enketi situation very badly, so yeah, badly, very, very badly. He's not a 10 million pound player, he should be going for 20, 25, you know, and. And we fucked it. We fucked yeah. it. We should have sold him in Jan. Should have sold him in Jan to West Ham. They asked for him. That was, we that said was, no. And, 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 and then he did play for the, for the next six months. So, yeah, we've just, we've just done poorly. But, yeah, 10 months left on his deal. You, you're not going to get a great deal. Apparently, we rejected a 12 mil bid from Palace. I don't think you're going to get any more. So, the harsh reality is that's that's where we are now. So. I reckon they'll come back in for him. Um, I reckon Nelson could get a loan. If if he wants to leave, because I think that I think there's interested clubs in Nelson. He's just he just doesn't really want to, you know, take up those opportunities. So Nelson and Ketia, Ainsley, maybe I can again see alone. Um who else? Who else we got? Bellerin. Bellerin, uh, I think I can't see him leave, to be honest. The only thing that um we like a swap, rumors, maybe? Yeah, swap? that's what I was gonna say. The only thing we're hearing rumors about is him swap for Trippier. How would you guys do that? I don't see the point in it. I can't be, I can't lie. I just don't see a point in it. Tibby is what, 31, going on 32. What about if it's like a just a one-year swap? That's, that doesn't happen. That's going to be a swap with a three-year, four-year contract attached to it. So it won't be like a loan swap? I don't think that... That's, that's Has that ever happened? I've never seen a loan swap. Where, where two <laughs> when, we, uh, <laughs> when we signed Baptista, we gave them Reyes on loan, I think. Is that what we did? I think so. Okay. Even swaps in general don't happen that often, you know, so difficult to say. And also, like, the valuation of both assets, like Bellerin valued around 20, 25 from what we were hearing. Atletico are very strong on saying they want Trippier's release clause. Mm. Which, is, which is what? I think it's at 35. 30, yeah, 35 mil, which is ridiculous at his age and his, his wages. Yeah. So... so it's like, uh, uh, I, I want to put it on record that I, w- I would actually take Trippier for a year, right? And I know you guys are side-eyeing me at, at, at this, but I did just you, think he's what, uh, I think he's better. I just think he's better than what we have. And he for a year, what? for a year, I would take it. And then 
I know I know it's not ideal, but I'm just looking at where we are in the window right now. We've got five days. We need a right back who's who's better than Chambers, who's better than Cedric, and who's better than Bellerin. And Kieran Trippier to me is that. So if you can have that for a year and we're not gonna sign, you know, someone for the future, we're not gonna sign like a a, a solid right back for um like a really good right back this season, then gets at least get someone who is better. At least get someone who is an upgrade. And if it and if it's for a year, fuck it, do it. The thing is, though, with that, like, is this is, in your opinion, the ideal scenario? Just get someone in for a year who's better than what we have. But in reality, that scenario doesn't quite play out because they're not just giving them to us for a year. You know, the parameters mm. will be different. It will probably be three years. We probably in that case, then no. On top, you know that. Mm. So I, don't I thought they were just eager to get him off the books. If, if 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 we can do it for a year, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against it like you. But I don't think that's realistic. So mm. that's why okay. I'm against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I struggle to see all of us, um, all of them going. I think only the English lads, maybe. So Enketia, Nelson, and um, Ainsley. El Nenny was linked to Besiktas. And then he's living Gucci in London, man. He's not it's not happening. Anymore. It's not. Although that said, his contract expires at the end of the season, so I think like I'll just let him go on a free. So I mean, if, if it was me, I'd be like, take whatever Besiktas are offering and go and buy Awa, <laughs> and then do you know what I mean? And then you've got Awa, Lukonga, Jakar, Party, which is it looks a lot healthier. Do you know what I mean? So, way healthier. I mean, it's if, if Leon are talking about a loan for Awa, come on, guys, we have to do it. Come on, I'm still a bit concerned as to why no other cunt wants him. Um, that is like quite concerning to me. You know, uh, apparently it's related to his. Um, so his his brother is trying. Is he supposed to join a new agency? Um, he's he's made a lot of promise to some new agents, but he's still under contract with another agent. Um, but apparently, like obviously, some of the commission and the fees that his brother's asking for is just putting a lot of people off. So no one's just no hey, one's ten million pound loan fee straight to his brother. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like it. Where it looks like it. Uh, we've seen these things happen before, where family members can really hinder a player's progress, and this looks like um, another situation that it, it, ha- it happened. It happened last summer. When yeah, he was supposed to join us. So, yeah. so yeah. this summer to the big boys, Harry Kane. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I'm guessing. Look, it doesn't look like Lacazette's going anywhere. Um, there was a yeah. rumbling about. Man City could be in after Bamiang, but I just can't see it. I mean, Man City do need a striker. And Man City are bastards, by the way. Man City will be the type of club Last to come minute. in on deadline day and be like, yo, 30 million or Bamiang. Yeah, what are you yeah. saying? That's and then it's if like... It, if it came earlier in the window, I probably would have done it. But yeah, um, but yeah now it's counterproductive. It doesn't help us any, in any way, shape or form. Like if we were going to sell our bar, we would have had to have sold him last month. And then boom, you've got time to go and do whatever you need go to do. Like selling Oba like two, three days before the deadline would just no be way, so counterproductive. No it, 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 it doesn't make any sense for you us. Make it, it, point, Lewis, that's, what they, that's what they did with Alexis, didn't they? Yeah, it's exactly what they did with Alexis. They for their bids, no bid, and then deadline day bids. That really fucked us because i had actually had sympathy with the club for for that situation yeah we fucked it in general and we should have we should have probably sold him but the thing is they were lowballing us all summer of 35 mil 35 mil 35 mil 36 36 they were doing what arsenal would do and then final day of the window they came in and be like all right cool we'll give you what was it 50 i can't remember what it was 50 
and, and we've they finally gave us what we wanted. But it's like, come on, guys, like what? What we, we're gonna pr- replace our star player on the last day of the window, you know? I, that that was just shit from Man City, and I've I've always felt like they they do business in a really horrible way. Um, and I get it; it's competitive, you know, people trying to do outdo each other. But I still feel like you need to operate within certain guidelines of business, you know, like have some respect for the people that you're you're doing business with. But listen, it don't always work out that way, and it you're it's a competitive sport. But yeah, it, it actually wouldn't surprise me if Man City came in with a deadline day offer for Aubameyang for like thirty mil. Um, and and they, they like test our resolve. I do wonder how the club would react to that. Actually, um, thirty mil might be a lot to to turn down. Um, you know, if uh, if if it did come in, but yeah, all right, guys, let's um, let's call it a day. Um, you know, some some positives to 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 you know after a bit of a disappointing week, but you know, I'm sure we'll be back to to having a good cry on. <laughs> On Saturday, when uh, you know Man City give us one, but yeah, uh, Dan, Sean, Leroy, great having you on, guys. Um, give our Patreon a, a subscribe if you if you haven't done so already. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned for some more live show stuff. Take it easy, guys. Peace. To two two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Özil, Lacazette, Özil. Sports Social Podcast Network.